Welcome back. Welcome to the Functional Analysis Podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, and I thought for today we would cover something that is going to be all over the news, all over the internet, all over our conversations. It's the holiday season, so for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, family get-togethers, we're going to see family members get together, and we always know someone who's lost 50, 100 pounds, and they took this potion, or they took this lotion, or they took this magic pill. And because the family member or friend is a now a believer because he did certain things or she took certain things or did certain things, they're going to jump all over that this is the cure to their to their fatigue or this is the cure to their eczemas this is the cure to their obesity or this was the cure to their back pain you know weakness you know I, I had the most amazing athletic achievements by eating this way or taking this pill or taking the supplement and I thought we would look at some of this because some of this is not only fad but I've seen so many things come and go I've seen the zone diet come and go that's where you eat a certain percentage of um, carbohydrates and fats and you try to get say 30 30 40 in certain percentages I've seen the Mediterranean diet I've seen ketogenic diet where you just eat enough fats and proteins that your body starts burning its own fat stores and releasing ketone bodies into the blood the Atkins diet is pretty similar I've seen moderate carbohydrate diets I've seen eat eight times a day um, I've seen the new greatest craze now is intermittent fasting, where you go, say, 18 hours without eating and you slam all the food during a certain period. I've seen thermogenic eating. Certain people get sick and they try this diet and it gets them well. Well, before we, we dive in, I better give the disclaimer. You know, this podcast is not meant to give any medical advice and if you have a disease if you have an itis you have a condition please see someone certified to take care of you you know this is just an informational purposes only please see your physician your osteopath your chiropractor your naturopath your certified midwife to get some advice and have your condition looked at a lot of times what you think you have is not what you have have it diagnosed and sometimes get a second opinion. That being said, what really irritates me being a biologist is I'll see people not following the laws of biology or even the first law of biology, which is what? Adaptation through natural selection, which we call evolution. So basically, every organism is trying to adapt to its internal and external environment and utilize the the least amount of resources available and make it efficient also as we're adapting sometimes we're put onto a stress and we call that biological fitness how not fit like you know aerobics and crossfit we're not talking about that we're talking about your ability to survive and procreate and sometimes those two things, you know, kind of come against each other. And it drives me crazy, banging my head against the wall, watching people fight their DNA as a human being. And then they have injuries, they have sickness, they have disease, their diets don't work. And sometimes 
they will blame their weight loss, this great success on a diet or certain pill when they're just following the laws of biology. Simply put, some of those are very simple. You know, you have to stop eating as many calories as your body needs. That being said, our body requires different calories at different times during the day, during the week, during the month, during certain interventions. Those things can be manipulated. Those calories have to go into the cell. And this is missed by everybody. The calories have to be absorbed. Let's look at a type 1, type 2 diabetic. People whose insulin is not working, either because they have junky receptors, so the insulin won't bind well and pull the glucose into their cells, or they're not producing enough insulin themselves. I always tell the story of my stepmom, Norma, who was calling 911. She couldn't see, was having shakes, probably a seizure. When she got 911, now I'm a thousand miles away in Minnesota. She's in Baltimore. And my dad's calling me, trying to say, Norma's got this going on. Norma's got this going on. She gets to the hospital, and I am screaming at the doctor. I said, do an insulin check. Well, her blood sugar's 400. She's got to be high. I'm like, I understand that. You're going to give her insulin right now. Before you give it, draw a little blood and check her insulin level. Guess what? It was normal before they gave him the injection. She wasn't diabetic before. She wasn't taking metformin. She wasn't taking a glucophage. She wasn't injecting any exogenous insulin, and her insulin was normal. But her sugar was 300, when it should have been 90 to 120, right? Why was it so high? Because her receptor shut down. I don't care how many people were standing outside the stadium. If the seats are sold and the doors are closed, security ain't letting you in. The bouncer at the bar is not going to let you in once they hit fire code. doesn't matter how pretty you look. doesn't matter how many people are outside. So if the door is closed, if the receptor on the cell is closed, he doesn't let the insulin in. It's another thing of biology. You can lower your calorie intake. You can manipulate when you eat. But the receptors have to work too. So it's another factor. Just because you eat something doesn't mean it's going to be digested doesn't mean it's going to be absorbed. We haven't even talked about enzyme systems. Just because you just dropped a Big Mac doesn't mean it's being absorbed. You have to have the enzymes to break it down. It has to be partitioned correctly and go to the right places. So it's multiple biological, scientific, physical factors, chemical factors that can lead your diet to bring you to disease or cancer or disorders. Now, I know some light bulbs are going off for a few of you, and that's I'm very grateful for that. But let me, let me be real crystal clear on certain things, too. What works for one person should not work for someone else. If you are sick and have a disease, someone's Parkinson's disease is manifested in a different way, in a different level, in the next person. I treat a lot of strokes and cerebral palsy and always say every stroke's a fingerprint. It could be the same blood vessel taking out the same neurological structures, but the ways someone adapts to it, their compensations is totally different. It's the same way with our metabolism and how our body treat food and nutrients. It's a signature. It's your fingerprint. It's your signature, which is your DNA, which is wholly yours.
your DNA is yours, only yours. Here's the cool thing about that. Why don't we eat right that follows your DNA? There, a few years ago, there was a big fad out that said, eat right for your blood type. This fad basically said, you know, if you had type A blood, you have to go meat free and eat fruits. And if you were type B blood, you eat corn, or you're avoided corn, yeah, that's right, you're avoided corn. And if you're AB, you're avoided seafood. If you're B, you're avoided chicken. And I was like, well, I don't think so. Um, they would get a lot of people healthier, 80, 90%, because a lot of people were avoiding processed foods. Imagine that. They were making food at home. Imagine that. They were drinking more water and getting more protein. Hell, I could cure half the world of all of its diseases by making people eat 100 grams of quality protein a day, spread out through all the day, and drink a gallon of water a day. Clean water. Done. Fill in all the other foods you want. You got to get enough protein so you can heal. We're basically big water bags with protein. Your brain's mainly fat, three pounds of fat floating in Gatorade. So, you know, you have to have good quality fats too. And carbohydrates are optional, but they should be in there because we're omnivores. Look at our teeth. Look at our genetics. Look at how we evolved. We have canines. We have incisors. We have teeth in the back, our molars, for, cr for crushing grains. We have the teeth for every type of food out there. We're survivors. We're the top of the food chain. So, you know, I'll, I'll do a podcast on the plant-based diet later. But I want you to see that some of these fads, like, say, eat right for your blood type, they just had people eat cleaner, cut down the types of foods they were having, which actually reduces any immune system reaction to all their foods. Remember, when you're eating all these different foods, it's a lot of antigens. You're, you're exposing yourself to a lot of different things. Variety is not the spice of life when it comes to diet. You are building enzyme systems. You want your fuel to be the same. Now, we all know that when we treat our cars, you got most people put the same type of gas and from the same gas station and if you do that, your engine sometimes works very well because the systems get used to that type of fuel. It's very similar to humans too. When you go back 10,000 years ago or 50,000 years ago, we ate five or six types of food and that was it. Now we could once in a while, you know, you grabbed a rabbit and chewed on that or some blueberries. Wow, that was great. But again, there was a new antigen. So, so what Eat Right for Your Blood Type did was to start pointing our way toward genetics. So when we're sick, when we're diseased, when we're weak, when we're under stress, that leaves less margin in our physiology for all these different varieties of other food. What if you've never eaten strawberries? You eat strawberries once a year. I love when people say, oh, I love this time of year. The fresh berries are out. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Because now you're going to have some antigens for that. And it, they taste good, you know. So does a shot of heroin. I said, so, so they're having their serotonin rush, their dopamine rush, their oxytocin rush from eating some fresh strawberries, not realizing that for some people it's a slow poison. And for even for you... If you've not eaten them all the time, there's a new antigen introduced into your body. 
and your body's going to say friend or foe. Hopefully he says friend or eh, I'll tolerate it. So what I usually recommend to people is when they're sick and they have fibromyalgia or chronic pain or they just hurt their knee, you have to eat simpler. And if someone comes in with years of chronic pain and years of fibromyalgia or indigestion or Crohn's or IBS or whatever it could be, can't sleep at night, can't, you know, can't bench press the what they want to do, can't swim as fast as they want to, can't run, can't stay up, they're fatigued, they don't have enough energy. I always tell them, go simpler, take the antigens off the plate because your body has to do something with it. Do you think you drop those strawberries in and, ooh, magically they go to all your cells and it happens? No. If your body has a little resistance to it, you got to fight off the immune system reaction and that gets priority to those things. Are they absorbed fully? Well, of course they are. Well, that's a theory that's not proven out with science and all the research that's out there. If you follow what Luca and Perry are doing at the University of Chicago, what Dr. Luca was saying in the article, Evolutionary Adaptations to Dietary Changes, that came out in August 2010, is that our genetics change. We actually physically change our enzyme systems and our microbiome in our gut according to what food we ate in that area so we could adapt because the creatures that didn't adapt, they died. I love biology. It's easy. If you don't adapt, you die. There's no question mark. It's not like, you know, sociology or psychology. This is just hard science. So if you have Og and Mog, the Neanderthal or Cro-Magnon, if we get up to 10,000 years ago, because we, we survived the Neanderthal, if we got Og and Mog and they're adapted to living in this valley, they, their enzyme systems have adapted to all that. And they procreate and have little hairy Ogs and Mogs, juniors. And guess what? They're procreating. They have the same enzyme systems. And if they don't, if they're inefficient, they're eaten. They die. The saber-toothed tiger gets them because they're sick and lame and they have irritable bowel disease and they can't, you know, they're they're running here and they're eaten by a, a saber-toothed tiger. So looking at some of this, and I know I'm being tongue-in-cheek, but it doesn't follow the laws of biology, some of these things that we're saying, the way we're treating things. So lately, the nearest craze is paleo. And I'm like, oh... That's actually a pretty good idea. Let's eat as our ancestors did 10, 20, 30, 40,000 years ago. Simple things. What did they eat back then? Well, here's the fact. You may have gone back too far. Paleo is too old. We've adapted. So what I always tell people is that you want to eat for what your legacy is. You want to eat for what your family legacy is. If you're from the Mediterranean, if most of your genetics are from the Mediterranean, then, you know, you had fresh fruits and vegetables. But if you're Viking, then you're not eating tomatoes every day. And they may cause you some upset. They may cause energy and resources to be utilized in your body to digest the food. Now, people say, well, it's just a tomato. And I said, it doesn't work like that way. That's not the way science works. Do you understand how the immune system works? Every time we eat, we engage the immune system. 
and everything that passes into our blood has to be determined is it friend or is it foe every time the microbiome in our gut is adapted to the food of the valley of the crater of the cave of the plains that we live in or if you're biking on the shores and if you eat that same food all the time our bodies adapted to that now of course the genetic mutations within that and that's usually who became king and the highest warriors because they could eat anything they had an iron stomach but those are genetic mutations and they help push the gene line one way but remember when you're sick when you have a disease your body's stress and you don't want to add anything else to energy output why would you put more on your plate when the plate's already full so when someone comes in with fibromyalgia or, or a bad back or i say you have to eat simpler simple things so what should you eat eat for your gene line eat for your family legacy if you're irish and mainly irish and german you probably shouldn't be slamming all the fruits you know eat for what they would have had two three four five hundred years ago a thousand years ago you're pushing it because of ge genetical changes would have already occurred so if you can do that you're going to find out that you feel healthier for example i'm irish i'm german if i eat mutton and potatoes i feel better i don't like the taste but if i eat cabbage i feel better i love fresh fruit guess what i have fresh fruit i don't feel as good i get a nice dopamine and serotonin rush but is it really good for me well what i always say is if you're already sick you have migraines you have all these itises why don't you just eat simpler for your gene line what they, your family would have eaten 200 300 500 years ago and if all of a sudden you start feeling better you can work in the other foods flip your pop tart in after you've got rid of most of your symptoms after you're feeling better and see how much reserve and adaptation you have in your dna otherwise just eat simply and i was talking about cancer the other day and, and someone wanted to know about foods and it, there's already showing where there's diets that are you know anti-cancer and you know why would this occur and one thing i wanted to go over at least briefly and we'll probably do a full podcast on that is you know when you look at changes in our diet evolutionary over time as it relates to cancer sometimes we have to be careful of of what foods we eat now a lot of people are saying sugars feed cancer but they never go through the evolutionary reason why and the reason is called tolerance theory and what tolerance theory tells us in evolution i apologize i'm a biologist first what tolerance theory tells us is one cancer doesn't make sense because cancer wipes you out and you can't procreate so it's a mutation but what we are learning through tolerance theory is that your body would tolerate the cancer progression as long as you can procreate faster and it will change its enzyme systems in a way that you have more energy and you can procreate faster now would that help tumor progression yeah but your body will control tumor progression as long as you can procreate as fast as you can run around like a rabbit now that sounds crazy but all the studies have been done and we are going down that way 
and it makes evolutionary sense. So sometimes when we change diet or cancer forces a diet change, what we're seeing is that the change in behavior of the host, the human, is also influenced. So to put it simply, the body will tolerate the cancer and will even allow the cancer to grow. The dietary change that the person goes through will allow the cancer to grow as long as the person has enough energy to keep procreating. You tolerate the cancer, if you will. Now, what they found, you know, even lately is, you know, we shouldn't be looking to how diet influences the treatment of cancer. We usually have tons of studies, especially the low carb ones, ketogenic ones, where we can slow cancer down once the, the cancer has been found. But that presumes a cancer diagnosis. What they want to do is try to catch dietary changes and changes in metabolism beforehand. What a lot of the studies are out there now showing is that we can see a problem with um, insulin, insulin increase with breast cancer and pancreatic cancer. So what's that mean is that those two cancers are precipitated by insulin resistance and high carb diets. And that's a big deal. Why is that a big deal? Because we're starting to see when the human changes their dietary habits, it may flip an epigenetic switch in the DNA and they start expressing some of these mutations. And then that the diet itself not only flipped the switch, but will maintain it now the, so the cancer can be tolerated. Wow, that's a big deal. That's a big deal because that is evolutionary. We we send people out for all these treatments and all these conditions, not thinking, why does that tumor exist in the first place? How come it's some, something horrific like terminal cancer be tolerated in the evolutionary scheme? And there's only one way, that the diet that the person was eating was tolerant for increasing biological fitness, which just means surviving now, this week, this month, this year, while allowing the cancer to progress. We're finding cancers have been around for five or 10 years, like breast cancer, for example. That is cancer cells have been there for five years before it becomes symptomatic. So the body started changing to push reproduction and tolerate the cancer. We've learned to evolve and adapt side by side with some of these terminal diseases. And if we want to go after them, we have to go back and maybe change the way we eat, change the way we diet, and look to see if our immune system was triggered by ah, strawberries, apples. Maybe some of the, th- the tolerances we have are an evolutionary trick to keep surviving while this disease was here based on how many different things we're eating. Just a thought. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And this is Fred Clary signing off.